The Autobiography of Goethe, Volume 1 by Johann von Goethe, translated by John Oxenford, Section 27. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Autobiography of Goethe, Volume 1 by Johann von Goethe, translated by John Oxenford section twenty seven it was then a fine period in literature when eminent men were yet treated with respect although the disputes of clotes and lessing's controversies already indicated that this epoch would soon close winckelmann enjoyed an universal unassailed reverence and it is known how sensitive he was with regard to anything public which did not seem commensurate with his deeply felt dignity all the periodical publications joined in his praise the better class of tourists came back from him instructed and enraptured and the new views which he gave extended themselves over science and life the prince of dessau had raised himself up to a similar degree of respect young and well and nobly minded he had on his travels and at other times shown himself truly desirable winckelmann was in the highest degree delighted with him and whenever he mentioned him loaded him with the handsomest epithets the laying out of a park then unique the taste for architecture which von ermensdorf supported by his activity everything spoke in favor of a prince who while in his shining example for the rest gave promise of a golden age for his servants and subjects we young people now learned with rejoicings that winckelmann would return back from italy visit his princely friend call on oser by the way and so come within our sphere of vision we made no pretensions to speaking with him but we hoped to see him and as that time of life one willingly changes every occasion into a party of pleasure we had already agreed upon a journey to dessau where in a beautiful spot made glorious by art in a land well governed and at the same time externally adorned we thought to lie in wait now here now there in order to see with our own eyes these men so highly exalted above us walking about Oser himself was quite elated if he only thought of it and the news of winckelmann's death fell down into the midst of us like a thunderbolt from a clear sky i still remember the place where i first heard it it was in the court of pleissenburg not far from the little gate through which one used to go up to Oser's residence one of my fellow pupils met me and told me that Oser was not to be seen with the reason why this monstrous event footnote winckelmann was assassinated translator produced a monstrous effect there was an universal mourning and lamentation and winckelmann's untimely death sharpened the attention paid to the value of his life perhaps indeed the effect of his activity if he had continued it to a more advanced age would probably not have been so great as it now necessarily became when like many other extraordinary men he was distinguished by fate through a strange and calamitous end now while i was infinitely lamenting the death of winckelmann i did not think that i should soon find myself in the case of being apprehensive about my own life since during all these events my bodily condition had not taken the most favorable turn 
i had already brought with me from home a certain touch of hypochondria which in this new sedentary and lounging life was rather increased than diminished the pain in my chest which i had felt from time to time ever since the accident at ostadt and which after a fall from horseback had precipitously increased made me dejected by my unfortunate diet i destroyed my powers of digestion the heavy merseburg beer clouded my brain coffee which gave me a particularly melancholy tone especially when taken with milk after dinner paralyzed my bowels and seemed completely to suspend their functions so that i experienced great uneasiness on this account yet without being able to embrace a resolution of a more rational mode of life my natural disposition supported by the sufficient strength of youth fluctuated between the extremes of unrestrained gaiety and melancholy discomfort moreover the epoch of cold water bathing which was unconditionally recommended had begun one was to sleep on a hard bed only slightly covered by which all the usual perspiration was suppressed these and other follies in consequence of some misunderstood suggestions of rousseau would it was promised bring us near to nature and deliver us from the corruption of morals now all the above without discrimination applied with injudicious alternation were felt by many most injuriously and i irritated my happy organization to such a degree that the particular systems contained within it necessarily broke out at last into a complacency and revolution in order to save the whole one night i awoke with a violent hemorrhage and had just strength and presence of mind enough to waken my next-door neighbor dr reichel was called in who assisted me in the most friendly manner and thus for many days i wavered betwixt life and death and even the joy of a subsequent improvement was embittered by the circumstance that during that eruption a tumour had formed on the left side of the neck which after the danger was past now they first found time to notice recovery is however always pleasing and delightful even though it takes place slowly and painfully and since nature had helped herself with me i appeared now to have become another man for i had gained a greater cheerfulness of mind than i had known for a long time and i was rejoiced to feel my inner self at liberty although externally a wearisome affliction threatened me but what particularly set me up at this time was to see how many eminent men had unreservedly given me their affection undeservedly i say for there was not one among them to whom i had not been troublesome through contradictory humours not one whom i had not more than once wounded by morbid absurdity nay whom i had not stubbornly avoided for a long time from a feeling of my own injustice all this was forgotten they treated me in the most affectionate manner and sought partly in my chamber partly as soon as i could leave to amuse and divert me they drove out with me entertained me at their country houses and i seemed soon to recover among these friends i name first of all dr herrmann then senator afterwards burgermeister at leipzig he was among those boarders with whom i had become acquainted through schlosser and one with whom an always equitable and enduring connection was maintained one might well reckon him the most industrious of his academic fellow-citizens he attended his lectures with the greatest regularity and his private industry remained always the same 
step by step without the slightest deviation i saw him attain his doctor's degree and then raise himself to the assessorship without anything of all this appearing arduous to him or his having in the least hurried or been too late with anything the gentleness of his character attracted me his instructive conversation held me fast indeed i really believe that i took delight in his methodical industry especially for this reason because i thought by acknowledgments and high esteem to appropriate to myself at least a part of a merit of which i could by no means boast he was just as regular in the exercise of his talents and the enjoyment of his pleasures as in his business he played the harpsichord with great skill, drew from nature with great feeling, and stimulated me to do the same, when in his manner, on grey paper with black and white chalk, I used to copy many a willow plot on the place, and many a lovely nook of those still waters, and at the same time longingly to indulge in my fantasies. I knew how to meet my sometimes comical disposition with merry jests and i remember many pleasant hours which we spent together when he invited me with mocking solemnity to a tete-a-tete -tete supper where with some dignity by the light of waxen candles we ate what they call a council hare which had run into his kitchen as a perquisite of his place and with many jokes in the manner of bariche were pleased to season the meat and heighten the spirit of the wine that this excellent man who is still constantly laboring in his respectable office rendered me the most faithful assistance during a disease of which there was indeed a foreboding but which had not been foreseen in its full extent that he bestowed every leisure hour upon me and by remembrances of former happy times contrived to brighten the gloomy moment i still acknowledge with the sincerest thanks and rejoice that after so long a time i can give them publicly besides this worthy friend groaning of bremen particularly interested himself in me i had made his acquaintance only a short time before and first discovered his good feelings toward me during my misfortune i felt the value of this favor the more warmly as no one is apt to seek a closer connection with invalids he spared nothing to give me pleasure to draw me away from musing on my situation to hold up to my view and promise me recovery and a wholesome activity in the nearest future how often had i been delighted in the progress of life to hear how this excellent man has in the weightiest affairs shown himself useful and indeed a blessing to his native city here too it was that friend horn uninterruptedly brought into action his love and attention the whole Breitkopf household, the Stock family, and many others treated me like a near relative, and thus, through the goodwill of so many friendly persons, the feeling of my situation was soothed in the tenderest manner. I must here, however, make particular mention of a man with whom I first became acquainted at this time, and whose instructive conversation so far blinded me to the miserable state in which I was, that I actually forgot it this was longer afterwards librarian at wolfenbaltel eminently learned and instructed he was delighted at my voracious hunger after knowledge which with the irritability of sickness now broke out into a perfect fever he tried to calm me by perspicuous summaries and i have been very much indebted to his acquaintance short as it was since he understood how to guide me in various ways 
and made me attentive whither I had to direct myself at the present moment. I felt all the more obliged to this important man, as my intercourse exposed him to some danger, for when, after Barish, he got the situation of tutor to the young Count Lindenau, the father made it an express condition with the new mentor that he should have no intercourse with me. Curious to become acquainted with such a dangerous subject, he frequently found means of meeting me indirectly. I soon gained his affection, and he, more prudent than Barish, called for me by night. We went walking together, conversed on interesting things, and at last I accompanied him to the very door of his mistress, for even this extremely serene, earnest, scientific man had not kept free from the toils of a very amiable lady. German literature, and with it my own poetical undertakings, had already for some time become strange to me, and, as is usually the result in such an autodidactic circular course, I turned back towards the beloved ancients who still constantly, like distant blue mountains, distinct in their outlines and masses, but indiscernible in their parts and internal relations, bounded the horizon of my intellectual wishes. I made an exchange with Langer, in which I at last played the part of Glaucus and Diomedes. I gave up to him whole baskets of German poets and critics, and received in return a number of Greek authors, the reading of whom was to give me recreation, even during the most tedious convalescence. The confidence which new friends repose in each other usually develops itself by degrees. Common occupation and tastes are the first things in which a mutual harmony shows itself. Then the mutual communication generally extends over past and present passions, especially over love affairs. But it is a lower depth which opens itself, if the connection is to be perfected. The religious sentiments, the affairs of the heart which relate to the imperishable, are the things which both establish the foundation and adorn the summit of a friendship. The Christian religion was fluctuating between its own historically positive base and a pure deism, which, grounded on morality, was in its turn to lay the foundation of ethics. The diversity of characters and modes of thought here showed itself in infinite gradations, especially when a leading difference was brought into play by the question arising as to how great a share reason and how great a share the feelings could and should have in such convictions. The most lively and ingenious men showed themselves, in this instance, like butterflies, who, quite regardless of their caterpillar state, throw away the chrysalis veil in which they have grown up to their organic perfection. Others, more honestly and modestly minded, might be compared to the flowers, which, after they unfold themselves to the most beautiful bloom, yet do not tear themselves from the root, from the mother stock. Nay, rather through this family connection first bring the desired fruit to maturity. Of this latter case was Langer, for although a learned man and eminently versed in books, he would yet give the Bible a peculiar preeminence over the other writings which have come down to us, and regard it as a document from which alone he could prove our moral and spiritual pedigree. He belonged to those who cannot conceive an immediate connection with the great God of the universe, with a capital G, 
a mediation therefore was necessary for him an analogy to which he thought he could find everywhere in earthly and heavenly things his discourse which was pleasing and consistent easily found a hearing with a young man who separated from worldly things by an annoying illness found it highly desirable to turn the activity of his mind towards the heavenly grounded as i was in the bible all that was wanted was merely the faith to explain as divine that which i had hitherto esteemed in human fashion a belief the easier for me since i had made my first acquaintance with that book as a divine one to a sufferer to one who felt himself delicate nay weak the gospel was therefore welcome and even though langer with all his faith was at the very time a very sensible man and firmly maintained that one should not let the feelings prevail should not let oneself be led astray into mysticism i could not have managed to occupy myself with the new testament without feeling and enthusiasm in such conversations we spent much time and he grew so fond of me as an honest and well-prepared proselyte that he did not scruple to sacrifice to me many of the hours destined for his fair one and even to run the risk of being betrayed and looked upon unfavorably by his patron like Berish. i returned his affection in the most grateful manner and if what he did for me would have been of value at any time i could not but regard it in my present condition as worthy of the highest honor but as when the concert of our souls is most spiritually attuned the rude shrieking tones of the world usually break in most violently and boisterously and the contrast which has gone on exercising a secret control affects so much the more sensibly when it comes forward all at once thus was i not to be dismissed from the peripatetic school of my langer which having first witnessed an event strange at least for leipzig namely a tumult which the students excited and that on the following pretense some young people had quarrelled with the city soldiers and the affair had not gone off without violence many of the students combined to revenge the injuries inflicted the soldiers resisted stubbornly and the advantage was not on the side of the very discontented academic citizens it was now said that respectable persons had commended and rewarded the conquerors for their valiant resistance and by this the youthful feeling of honor and revenge was mightily excited it was publicly said that on the next evening windows would be broken in and some friends who brought me word that this was actually taking place were obliged to carry me there for youth and the multitude are always attracted by danger and tumult there really began a strange spectacle the otherwise open street was lined on one side with men who quite quiet without noise or movement were waiting to see what would happen about a dozen young fellows were walking singly up and down the empty sidewalk with the greatest apparent composure but as soon as they came opposite the marked house they threw stones at the windows as they passed by and this repeatedly as they returned backwards and forwards as long as the panes would rattle just as quietly as this was done all at last dispersed and the affair had no further consequences 
with such a ringing echo of university exploits i left leipzig in the september of seventeen sixty eight in a comfortable hired coach and in the company of some respectable persons of my acquaintance in the neighborhood of Auerstadt, i thought of that previous accident but i could not forebode that which many years afterwards would threaten me from thence with still greater danger just as little as in gotha where we had the castle shown to us i could think in the great hall adorned with stucco figures that so much favor and affection would befall me on that very spot the nearer i approached my native city the more i recalled to myself doubtingly the circumstances prospects and hopes with which i had left home and it was with a very disheartening feeling that i now returned as it were like one shipwrecked yet since i had not very much with which to reproach myself i contrived to compose myself tolerably well however the welcome was not without emotion the great vivacity of my nature excited and heightened by sickness caused an impassioned scene i might have looked worse than i myself knew since for a long time i had not consulted a looking-glass and who does not become used to himself suffice it to say they silently resolved to communicate many things to me only by degrees and before all things to let me have some repose both bodily and mental End of section 27